0: Are you working? What kind of work do
1: you doing? This is the Punt and
0: Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby!
1: Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. <laughs> and he did And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown!
0: In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw.
1: Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! sideline Pylon! Touchdown! But the dogs are on the board first.
0: Victory is mine surprisingly, i believe, for your next mistake I put in work and watch my status escalate
2: Welcome into the don't Punt and Pass podcast I'm your host, Drew fan. Butler Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray Be sure to follow us on social media At Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram I am at Drew Butler Aaron is at AaronMurray11 And head on over to PuntandPass.com The number one destination for all things college football it's got our picks up there, our blog, our merch, our YouTube page, which is just continuing to grow and grow. Once we hit 1,000 subscribers, we're like 100 subscribers off, Aaron. We got to give something away. What do we want to give away? Something signed, signed uh, sign picture, signed hat, signed something. Whatever sign it is.
3: something, go golfing with the Butler and Murray boys. Oh, I I'm all about, You know I'm all about playing some golf. So if we can go out there and take someone out golfing with us. Okay. Let's do it.
2: You want to put What's that my, on the table right now?
3: Plus, my game is super rusty, so I need to get back on the links and, and, and start swinging around a little bit more. So...
2: All right, Aaron Murray has just laid that out. As well as you're hosting at uh, at the Athletic Club. For our 1,000th subscriber on YouTube, you're coming golfing with Aaron and I. That is not a joke. It's being announced right here on Punt and Pass. It's week 11. Things are getting crazy. It's almost Thanksgiving. College football regular season's winding down, and we just laid it out. The faster we get to 1,000 subscribers, the sooner you get to get on the golf course with Aaron Murray and I. I love it, Aaron. Head on over to puntandpass.com. I'll add that. Onto the website this weekend. So check out puntandpass.com. This episode of Punt and Pass is, of course, presented by our awesome friends over at Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app today if you haven't already, or go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. We had tons of signups last week because there was so much going on in the world of sports, and there still is so much going on. NHL is back, NBA is back. College football, of course. NFL. The PGA Tour is in Houston this week. You can do cross board entries on Prize Picks. You can win 10x money. Mm-hmm. Use the promo code Pump. Prize Picks is the best, Aaron. Dude, college basketball. College basketballs. I totally Holy
0: forgot. Smoke. I it's know. so
3: weird. I mean, we were talking about that on my SEC show the other day, and you know we're so ingrained with football, football, football. Yeah. And I have to talk about basketball, obviously, because it's part of the SEC. We yeah. can't just forget about it just because we are a Football heavy conference, but uh, it's going to be another good year of SEC basketball for those listeners. Obviously, Alabama, yep. Kentucky had yep. a tough loss on Thursday night, but that's going to be a good basketball team. I do feel for Georgia, though, freaking eight transfers before the season started. That's yeah, crazy. Uh, that, that's that's tough. I mean, we saw the transfer portal in, in, in college football really hurt some teams, obviously help some teams. Now we're starting to see it in basketball as well. We knew that was going to happen. I just want to know cuz we saw some obviously crazy deals when it comes to college football players making money with this NA, or NIL and I'm oh, yeah. sure you are going to be more knowledgeable about this than I am but basketball players tend to get more endorsements tend to have you know yeah. bigger opportunities because of the fact that they're not wearing a helmet yeah. people can recognize them a little bit more what some of these basketball players are going to start making here As their season gets going, it's going to be really interesting to me.
2: Yeah, no doubt. You're totally right. You know, without wearing a helmet, they're much more visible to the casual fan. But there's also only five of them on the court for one team at one time. Ten guys are on the court if you're watching a basketball game. I think you're going to see a lot of companies that want to endorse entire teams, entire starting fives. They can make it rain on these kids for a lower price point than saying, hey, we want to sponsor 125 student athletes on a football team or whatever it may be. But you're already starting to see some big name companies dip into a lot of blue chip brand basketball teams and star players knowing that they only have to play one year, and then they can go into the NBA. Knowing that if they go deep into March Madness, all eyes are going to be on them. That's just mm-hmm. the good in what NIL can do. And I think you're going to continue to see more and more of that happen as people get more comfortable with basketball season, college basketball season underway. So great point, Aaron Murray. College basketball season, week one, getting started. Champions Classic was on Tuesday night, like you mentioned. Kentucky did take the L there to Duke, I believe it was. Uh, But, yeah, college basketball season. Aaron Murray, listen to him on SEC Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 374. Well, of course, you know, one of the things that has really become prevalent throughout our first five seasons of punt and pass, Aaron, is that whenever we record a podcast, I'm talking within an hour, humongous news breaks. It's like we text each other, oh, my God, I just sent it off. There's no way we can redo it. And, of course, I'm talking about on Monday night, We did a podcast, and then Todd Grantham gets fired at Florida. So does Florida's offensive line coach. But maybe more importantly to this podcast, Christian Robinson, our former teammate, your former roommate, uh, a damn good dog, is going to be the acting defensive coordinator at the University of Florida. Look, Florida has four wins right now. They can win two out of their last three regular season games and become bowl eligible. This is a huge opportunity for our boy C-Rob, but... Dan Mullen throwing in the towel. We expected this to happen after the season. Uh, That ass whooping against South Carolina, I believe, threw that into hyperdrive.
3: Well, a bunch of things. First, I want to say congratulations to C-Rob, man. I'll go back to our days playing NCAA football at the house on Talmadge, and he would ski ski me up left and right, man. I couldn't score points on NCAA football. So he knows what he's doing. I'm excited. Hopefully— you know he goes out there and does his thing. I to me they better win the last three games. I know uh, based on who they have on the on their schedule. But you lose to South Carolina, you just don't know how how committed that team is right now. The crazy funniest thing though that that when all this broke down, big, bad, scary Todd Grantham. <laughs> the final nail in the coffin for Todd Grantham was Jason Brown. And people are like, who the hell is Jason Brown? Jason Brown was the quarterback for South Carolina that had never thrown a pass in FBS in his entire career. Yeah. Goes 14 of 24, 175, two touchdowns. He was the final nail in the coffin to end Todd Grantham's run at Florida. Who would have thunk it? Crazy stuff. I don't know if you saw today. I was scrolling through my Instagram feed. I had to show Sharon because I was like dying laughing. South Carolina made a video of one of the receivers. Oh, yeah, it was wide, wide open. open. A That's a great video. And they were just, for those who haven't seen it, go watch it. And they were showing, like, what he could have done during the time he was in the end zone wide open. He's, like, ordering Uber Eats, taking a nap, trimming the hedges, reading a book, watching Netflix. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, troll. Just completely trolling yeah. Yeah. the Florida Gator defense. So, uh, yeah, man. And listen, Dan Mullen needed to do something. He had to. Because his butt is super hot right now. Someone had to be fired. Uh, we all kind of expected Grantham to be that guy, but to me, it's just still crazy that Jason
2: Brown <laughs> was the final man. That's name unbelievable. To come. That's unbelievable. I mean, think about this though. It feels like just a short couple of weeks ago, where Florida almost beat Alabama in the Swamp. Remember, they lost to Alabama thirty-one. 31- to 29. The next week, they take care of business against Tennessee. Tennessee, of course, is playing Georgia this weekend. They seem to be a feel-good story late in November or mid-November. And then here's what happens to Florida. They lose at Kentucky. Then they beat Vanderbilt. Who wouldn't? Then they have the debacle at LSU, giving up 49 points. Then they get a bye week. Then Georgia takes care of business in a big way, 34-7. to Then last week, South Carolina and your boy Jason Brown, forty. 40- To 17, so Florida has dropped three straight games. They have Samford coming up this weekend. You would hope they can win that football game, and then they're going to go to Columbia, Missouri, on November the 20th. Watch out for the weather; could be interesting there. You just don't know what to expect with the Florida Gator team. And then late the weekend after Thanksgiving, they got to go play against Florida State Seminoles. That could be a Wait and see what happens, type game because it could. If, if,
3: Grantham, if Grantham loses to Florida State, I believe it's in Gainesville Mullen? too.
2: Yeah, yeah. You said Grantham. What happened? But yes, yes. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. Like because you would expect them to be six and five heading into that game. I'll just give them the benefit of the doubt. They probably beat Sanford. They probably beat Mizzou, depending on the weather in Columbia. But if they drop the ball against Florida State. um You're right. The fingers are going to be turned around and pointed directly at Dan Mullen. No more deflecting, which he has done, which we expected him to do after the season. But look, man, when one guy goes down, it's next man up. And your boy C-Rob, our boy C-Rob, hook it, C-Rob. You got a big, big opportunity here in Gainesville to show that you know what's going on on that defensive side of the ball. You know he's got some dudes on the defensive side. Put him in the right position. We think he will be able to. It'll be a really, really cool opportunity for Christian Robinson, former Georgia linebacker, to be the active defensive coordinator, calling the defensive plays for an SEC defense. So shout out to C-Rob. Pretty impressive, no doubt. We'll keep an eye on that. All right, let's step into the college football playoff rankings. It seems like these guys on the committee are literally just trying to do stuff to drum up some conversation throughout the week. And this week, It's the fact that Michigan, Aaron, is now ranked ahead of Michigan State. Keep in mind, 14 days ago, Michigan State beat Michigan after being down 16 points, coming back, and fighting for victory. How do they justify that? I have no idea. I watched Gary Barta, the committee, the rankings committee chairman, get on ESPN and like try to talk his way through what the committee was saying. It is such a joke. It is so dumb. I don't even know how we got to this point, but the fact that they could sit here and go, "Hey, you know what? Michigan's the more complete team. They're the better team than Michigan State." Although Michigan State beat them literally two weeks ago, it's shocking. I just don't. I don't well, get
3: it. It, it, it makes no sense because they obviously, if you look at Ohio State, Oregon this year, you, you, a lot of people will say, "Okay, Ohio State, the better football team," but. What happens on the football field matters, and they 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 made that statement known in the first rankings last week. That hey, listen, we are going to take into account what actually happens on the football field, because that to me that that is the best way to determine who is better than someone else. And I think I heard what was it Cole cubic a week ago say it the best. Okay, if we want to do a combine and have guys go out there and run the forty and the five ten five, and if we want to have the quarterbacks. Do an accurate accuracy competition to determine who the better team is, then we'll go do that. But if, if we're gonna determine who <laughs> the best football team is based on what actually is going on, yes. on a on a Saturday, then it's if you have that head to head win, that's all that should matter. If you have the same record, but you beat that team on a given Saturday, <laughs> it's too easy. You should be ranked ahead of them. They made that statement yes. clear when they put Oregon ahead of Ohio State. Yes. I don't understand how you backtrack now. And, and, and jump Michigan over Michigan State a week later. And listen, Purdue, we all know it. Purdue's not a bad football team at all. Purdue's a team that has historically been really good, especially against top five teams. They've done it twice this year now. This is a competitive football team. It's not a great loss, but it's not a terrible loss. There is no way in hell Michigan State should be behind Michigan right now.
2: No way. They cannot justify it. I, I just don't understand how Gary Barta could get on television with a straight face on and try to legitimize how the committee came to that decision. And again, again, it goes back to what I have been saying for years, Televise the committee ranking meeting. Just put them on C-SPAN. I don't care. I want to know what these people are saying.
3: ESPN Plus needs content. Let's go. They do.
2: They do. And another thing that I've been saying for years and years, Aaron, is how referees need to be held accountable. If anybody watched that insanity on Monday Night Football this past weekend with Tony Corrente hip-checking the Bears linebacker and then throwing a flag on him for taunting and then post-game saying that – Hip-checking the player had nothing to do with the fight. It is crazy. These guys do whatever they want. They directly affect the outcome of games, and they have no repercussions. Simple as that. Televise the college football playoff committee ranking meetings and hold referees accountable. Literally, that ref should be fired. Like, he should be fired for how Dude, poorly you're he played. going to be play. so
3: excited in about 20 years— when when my son little Maddox is going to be playing for the University of Georgia quarterback, and there's going to be robots out there calling I, the game, I would referees. love
2: nothing more. You're going
3: to be so happy, no mistakes. I would love nothing football. more. They're just going to have a bunch of drones flying above the players, just making the calls when when necessary.
2: Well, that's what needs to happen. As long as yeah. it's accurate, and we'll hold Drew, the robots hates, accountable
3: as well. Drew hates, Drew hates the referees as much as seventy percent of the world hates candy corn. <laughs>
2: That's probably a really good comparison. And open invitation, open invitation as it has been for five years for any referee to come on the podcast. <laughs> I would love to talk. I know exactly what to say. Well, the game is fast Slim, paced.
3: Slim at the Georgia
2: practice. He does yes. a good job Yeah, he does do a good job. Hey, it's, it's fast paced. It's hard. Things happen. They're bang, bang <laughs> plays. I, hey, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Because. The players who actually play the game, it's pretty fast-paced for them as well. And if they mess up, they get cut. They get yeah. benched. They get fired. And refs just get to go to their steakhouse dinners on Saturday nights and then show up on Sunday, throw a couple flags around, collect paychecks, go back to their nice weekly day jobs, and then do it all over again. It's crazy. It's the largest sham in all of sports. I'm just telling you that right now. am <laughs> just telling you that right now. But the College Football Playoff Committee – Again, they're just going to continue to do these things. It's like you watched last night during halftime or the two games of the Champions Classic We're taping this on a Wednesday night, and you're sitting there going, of course they're going to do something that's going to have to draw some conversation, and that's what they decided to do. Every single team was slotted up, one, because Michigan State lost, and then, of course, they moved Michigan ahead of Michigan State, even though Michigan just lost to Michigan State. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Well, I mean, I love. Just gets me fired up, man. I love college I, football.
3: Man, I, I love the energy, Drew. I'm with you, man. I've seen enough. There's too many issues going on, and and but I must say though, some refs do get punished. I saw one ref last week get absolutely drilled in the head during an RPO. Quarterback pulled it through a slant. Knocked. Was it on in. purpose? What's that? I said, was it on purpose? Most likely, I would <laughs> think so. If Drew was playing quarterback. He would definitely
2: pelt some some referees. Oh, classic. Classic. Hey, you do need a football though. If you want to throw a football around, probably one that you wouldn't want to throw around though. Yeah. Uh, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta just launched a brand new initiative to help out Touchdowns for Children's in the Legacy Fund. You can pay two hundred and fifty dollars. That's it. Two hundred and fifty dollars and get a mystery signed UGA football. Children's and Aflac will match your donation, so you pay $250, $500, goes to charity, and you're going to get a football, Georgia signed, autographed football by some greats, Aaron Murray, yep. I think Stafford, Stinchcomb, uh, Eric Zire, Coach Rick, there's so many, go check it well, out. Yeah,
3: listen, I'll, I'll, I'll list the lane for you, the, the list for you right now, first off, you said it, Drew, 250 bucks mystery football. Um, and we have a chance to raise $125,000 yeah, awesome. for children's healthcare of Atlanta. I mean, such a great cause. And you listed some of the guys. We also got Nick Chubb, Tony oh, Michelle. Love it. We got Kirby. Oh, signing nice. some footballs. We got Herschel signing some footballs. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I mean, we're, we, we got some chances to get some pretty sweet footballs, uh, shock, um, greenie. Yep. I'm trying. I mean, it, it's a lot. There's a lot of big dogs coming out there that support Children's Health Care of Atlanta, and we've already sold in the first couple of days 100 footballs.
2: Yeah, it's huge. Only 150 left. 150 left. And, and keep in mind, everybody same. Everybody signed the same amount of footballs. So it's not like you know, there's there's a hundred that are signed by one guy, and then just two signed by some of the big names. Aaron just read off. Everybody signed the same amount of footballs. Total yeah. mystery raffle draw you buy a ball they're gonna go in there dig it all, out and send all, this by, to all you. by uj legend so awesome
3: great christmas gift man holidays come right around the season one you're helping a good charity two you got a great gift to give uh yourself yeah. I, i'm gonna buy a football i'm hoping to get someone good
2: i love it i'm gonna I'm i may sure. buy a couple footballs i, I say i might do it as well i might, might do it as well
3: get, i got some people that need that love the bulldogs Would love a sign football from one of those guys on this list. So jump on it. Check our social media pages out. Uh, You'll get the link and shoot. Man, let this thing roll in the next week or two. We might have to add some more footballs
2: going forward. Absolutely. Check it out on our, our our social media pages, at punt and pass, at Drew Butler, at Aaron Murray 11. Uh, let's dig into some Prize Picks. Prize Picks going to be a great weekend for Prize Picks. Aaron, you are heading back out west, Fresno State, I believe, again. Or yep. no, excuse me, yep. Colorado, Colorado Springs, State Air Force. Colorado State against Air Force. I knew that, and I corrected myself. And I'm going to be active on Prize Picks this weekend, picking up some steam like what I'm doing, some great games this weekend in the Big Ten in the SEC. There's also a really good game in the Big 12 at noon, which we'll touch on here in just a second with punt, pass, and pick. But let's start with some QBs, Aaron. I love breaking down some quarterbacks, and let's start with that Big 12 game. Uh, that's Oklahoma taking on Baylor again. Oklahoma still ranked number eight in the college football playoff rankings. They are undefeated, but they're finding their stride with Caleb Williams. Oklahoma's 3-1 and one against the spread. In their last four, Caleb Williams, 249 and a half passing yards on prize picks this weekend, over or under.
3: Woo, it's a good Baylor defense. I'm sure they're going to be ticked off after last week's loss. Uh, But Oklahoma, man, coming off a bye week, they're on the outside looking in, still at, I believe, what, eight in the playoff rankings right now. You know those guys are just furious, the fact that they're not getting any respect. And, and, And honestly, they haven't really earned it but they're going to have a chance to finish the season off and earn some respect based on their schedule. So I think they come in off the bye week, a lot of trust in Caleb Williams. He's continuing to develop the playbooks, continuing to develop about what he can and can't do. So all that being said, I'm going to take the over with Caleb Williams. Dude's an absolute stud.
2: Yeah. I like the over here too for Caleb Williams. I mean, you mentioned it. Oklahoma has got to start making some statements. This right here, taking on number 13 ranked Baylor in Waco. Could be that to really kind of catapult them into this latter part of the season. Of course, they do also have to still play Oklahoma State. So watch out. Oklahoma continues to take care of business, wins the Big 12. They're going to find themselves right there in the college football playoff. I need the quick quarterback breakdown, though, of a noon SEC game, Aaron. I think this one's kind of flying under the radar a little bit, especially after how Auburn looked a week ago against that really good Texas A&M defense. But Mississippi State heading to Auburn to take on. The Tigers. Right now, Bo a half passing yards, and Will Rogers, who's really kind of finding his stride at Mississippi State, 297 and a half passing yards. So 219.5 for Bo Nix, 297.5 for Will Rogers.
3: I'm gonna go under for I'm gonna go under for Will Rogers. I'm gonna go over for Bo Nix. I think really? this is a get right game for Auburn at home. Uh, there's still a, a a there's a big chance Auburn can still make the SEC championship game. You know, I, I'm not I don't know if we're picking this game or not, but we I'm really interested to see what happens with Texas A&M and Ole Miss. I think that is a upset in the making right now. A&M is a, a two and a half point favorite, so if A&M loses and Auburn's able to win out and beat Alabama, they're going to Atlanta. So there's still a path for those wow. guys. I think that is the message that Harson is preaching to that football team. And, obviously, it starts this weekend versus a very good Mississippi State team uh, that has played well this season. Probably should have won last week if they had a damn field goal kicker. Mm-hmm. Once again, it goes to my point. Mm-hmm. Do we need field goal kickers? Do we not need field goal kickers? <laughs> I'll
2: you, you, I'll you, you just want to get rid of the position? This. You just want to get rid of the position.
3: Just get rid of the position. Okay. Just put the ball Two in Two-point conversions. We'll need kickoffs. <laughs> oh. So, that being said, I'll take Auburn at home. Uh, with a big comeback or not comeback but bounce back victory. Yeah, Bo Nix. I think Bonix plays well.
2: All right, Bonex over two hundred nineteen and a half passing yards. Will Rogers under two hundred ninety-seven and a half passing yards. And let's go to a little Tennessee Georgia look. Stetson Bennett, one ninety six point five passing yards. Hendon Hooker, one seventy and a half passing yards. I might go over Hendon Hooker hundred. I'm gonna go over yeah. I'm gonna go over Hendon too. I yeah, think this so is. Too.
3: Because you know they're going to throw the ball from the very first snap exactly. to the very last snap. Like they are just going to continue to test Georgia's defensive backfield and see what they can do. I don't even think they're going to mess at all with with running the football unless it's Hennon Hooker pulling it down and running it himself if no one's open. So over Hennon Hooker. And then what was Stetson? 196.5.
2: I'll
3: go over Stetson too. I just think Tennessee's defense is going to be gassed. I mean those dudes are going to be gassed. They over 100 plays last week. Uh, in, in that victory versus Kentucky. I just think they're gonna be heavy legs, heavy legs, heavy legs. I think Georgia's continuing to get healthy at, at the receiving position. I think they want to continue to work that part of their offense. They're stressing it. And Setson's gonna play all four quarters, most likely at least three quarters. I don't yeah. anticipate, you know, JT coming in like he did last week versus Missouri. So i take the over on both those quarterbacks in this game.
2: All right, one more I'm going to throw at you because you just mentioned Hendon Hooker. His rushing prop, 19 and a half rushing yards for Hendon Hooker. Do you think he goes over 19 and a half rushing yards? I'm going to go under because obviously sacks, sacks go
3: against the quarterback. So, yes, he may have some big runs. I think he's also going to get sacked quite a bit. We know how good Georgia's defensive line is and all it takes is, like, three sacks for minus, like, 20 yards, and that just can just destroy your rushing yards for the game. So I think that's going to hurt him. So I'll take the under for rushing yards for him. All
2: right, I'm going to go over 59.5 rushing yards versus Zamir White. I love these kind of oh, road— yeah. Uh, this might be games. the first time we
3: actually say over for a running back yeah. for Georgia.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think these are the games right here where late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, they just start handing that ball up to I Zubier. think in the first quarter yeah. he's going
3: to get over it possibly. Yeah. yeah. I mean go watch the game last week versus Kentucky. They want they wanted nothing to do with that rushing attack for Kentucky. No tackling at all. It was pretty piss poor honestly. I know they're going to be you know, somewhat excited. 3.30 CBS, game of the week. In the SEC, yeah, big so spot, exciting spot
2: for Tennessee for sure. Yeah, it's a huge
3: spot for Tennessee, and then, shoot, man, they've earned it. I, I honestly, yeah, I agree with that. I was texting a buddy of mine today; he was on the staff a few years ago. I was like, you know, I, I kind of secretly am, am not this weekend, obviously, but somewhat rooting for Tennessee because it's good to see Tennessee play well. I mean, they're a brand within the SEC. That if Tennessee's a good football oh, team, it's
2: great for the it game of college the football. The
3: SEC up and brings the SEC East up. We need some more competition on the East because the West right now is completely crapping on the East side of this conference. So um, but all that being said, for how excited they are to be in this matchup against Georgia, to be at home, to have most likely a sold out crowd, they're going to be beat up. They're still not very deep on defense. Those guys are going to get worn out. I think to me, this would be if I had a lock of the week when it comes to price pick, it would be Zamir White. Over oh, that. That
2: wow. Was... All right. Love yeah. it. Love it. Over 59 and a half rushing yards for Zemir White. Here's There's the
3: rundown. No, I went 2 0 on my, my, over, my, my lock of the week you last did. week. So your, boy, your boy's
2: feeling it right now. He's on fire right now, people. He is on fire right now. There's no doubt about it. Here is your prize picks rundown for week 11. Download the prize picks app. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Caleb Williams. Aaron and I both say over 249 and a half passing yards. Aaron says over Bo Nix, 219 and a half passing yards. Under Will Rogers, Mississippi State, under 297 and a half passing yards. Hendon Hooker, Aaron and I say over one hundred and seventy and a half and a half passing yards. Stetson Bennett, Aaron and I say over 196 and a half passing yards. Hendon Hooker. 19.5 rushing yards. Aaron says under. And the lock of the week on prize picks, Zamir White, over 59.5 rushing yards. Head on over to prize Daily Fantasy Simplified, 10x your money.
0: prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT.
1: All right, Aaron. You just talked about your picks. Uh, you are looking
2: really good. You did go two and zero last week on your locks. Now you can do whatever you want with your locks. Do you want to throw two more picks out there this week? That is completely up to you. You're five and six on the season, so you could get over five hundred if you go throw two more out there and go two and zero. But you're twenty eight and twenty two against the spread. I'm twenty seven and twenty three against the spread. Three and a on my flip the field free pick, which is just atrocious. It's absolutely atrocious. And before we get into punt pass and pick, I feel guilty right now. Because it's your birthday, and I haven't even told you happy birthday yet. Are you 32 now?
3: Whoa, simmer down. I'm not as old as my wife just yet. I'm 31 years old. Okay.
2: Well, happy Pretty birthday, sure. friend. And what are you wearing? I mean, people, please watch the YouTube. You are at a wedding, and you are pulling this off. I, I'm not sure what the, uh, the, the proper name of it is, but I believe you're at an Indian wedding, and you look the part. What is that called again? I'm not
3: going to lie. I'm feeling myself in this outfit. and you I got are. another one I'll be rocking tomorrow. Um, it, it's, Dude, these, they, they, they get after it. We're having a good time. It's a two-day event. All right. All day for two days. Uh, man, it's a good time. So, yeah. What's it's that thing ind- called? What's it called? What is Sharon, do you know what this is called, my get up? I don't.
2: But tonight was the Mendy, and so it was like the
3: Today was the Mendy. Sharon got her you know, her hand tattooed, and I got my get-up right now. I'm feeling Aladdin-esque at the moment. So, yeah. Are I love it. At- I have no idea what it's called. I just know it's Indian attire.
2: Yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, a mon- uh, yeah, I don't know. You look great, though. You're pulling it off. You look awesome. It's fun. You look it's awesome. a good time. I'm going
3: to be absolutely exhausted, so, uh, you know— Find a way to somehow sleep before I call that game this weekend. There
2: you go. There you go. All right, let's do this. Pump, pass, and pick. It's week 11. Let's start in the Big 12. Number 8 Oklahoma heading to Waco to take on number 13, Baylor. This game's at noon on Fox. Oklahoma's a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Oklahoma's finding their stride. I think Mm -hmm. Oklahoma knows that they have to start making some statements in order to leapfrog a lot of teams that are ahead of them in the college football playoff rankings. Lincoln Riley clearly all in. On Caleb Williams Save the debacle against Kansas a couple weeks ago Oklahoma's look really good I'm going to lay the five and a half here I think Oklahoma's simply a better team than Baylor This game would probably be college game day We'll probably have a lot more juice If Baylor did not blow it against TCU a week ago I like Oklahoma here And quite frankly, I like them in a big way I'll lay the five and a half
3: I think you gave me a great stat early in the week, Drew, on one of our other shows. Oklahoma is 3-1 against the spread last four games. Yep. I agree, man. They, they are getting their stride. Coming off a bye week, Baylor with a horrific loss last week to TCU. I mean, there's no way you should lose to TCU, especially with all the coaching issues they have there. So I, I think Oklahoma comes in exactly what you kind of hit on. They're, they're pissed off, man. Yeah. They're, they, they're undefeated, and they have – what four teams ranked ahead of them right now with losses? It's crazy. So you know, and plus a group of five team. They have a group of five team. Yeah, they have Michigan, Michigan State, Alabama. So what? Three teams with losses and Ohio State. So yeah, four teams with losses and a group of five team ranked ahead of an undefeated nine and zero Oklahoma Sooner team right now. And this if should... that doesn't scream, just I'm gonna just destroy yeah this Baylor football team this weekend, especially off a of bye, fresh legs. Baylor got embarrassed last week. I don't know what else does. So I'm with you, man. I'm taking Oklahoma. I think they absolutely dominate this game, make a huge statement, and start working their way up those rankings.
2: And and it's a different football team with Caleb Williams than what we saw earlier in the season with Spencer Rattler. So always keep that in mind. This is a different football team. Now it's time for them to start making some statements. It starts this weekend. Lay that five and a half with Oklahoma. I think this is a sneaky good game in the SEC. It's at noon on ESPN. Mississippi State – Heading to Auburn to take on the number 17th ranked Auburn Tigers. Auburn's a five-and-a-half point home favorite. The total is 50, Aaron. You're expecting a big bounce-back week from Bo Nix and this Auburn offense. They have a lot to play for. Can Will Rogers and Mike Leach, I know they've been stringing together some wins as of late, can they scare War Eagle on the planes? Or are you just all in on Brian Harson, Mike Bobo, Derek Mason, Bo Nix, Tank Bigsby, and the crew? to be able to make this Iron Bowl really interesting?
3: I think Auburn wins the game, but I think Mississippi State keeps it closer. So I'll take Mississippi Mississippi State in this one. I just think Mississippi State has a really good defense. Uh, Obviously, they've proven that they are one of the better offenses in this conference. You know, the kicker issue is a problem. I mean, they they, they should be 6-3 and right now. Missed three field goals last week uh, in that loss versus Arkansas. Um, But I do – I really like this Bulldog – football team I think they play well on both sides I think they can keep this close I think they make it a field goal game and plus Auburn still has their issues on offense we saw it last week versus A&M and I know this is on this is at home they don't got to deal with the 12th man Mississippi State is not as good as A&M is defensively but they're still very good I don't trust the receivers quite yet for Auburn so they win it at home Bo Nix has a bounce back game but they keep it close so I will take Mississippi State
2: you, you bring up a lot of great points, and I was loving Mississippi State before you just came in and said this game's going to be close. Here's why I love Mississippi State. Auburn probably wins by a field goal because Mississippi State does not have a kicker. Let me just say one thing about the kicker. The kickers at Mississippi State have awful form. I mean, I watched the game, and he shanks, pulls, hooks me. What are that they doing? ball left. The game-winning field goal which is the kicker who Mike Leach subbed into the game because the starting kicker had missed two field goals earlier. Some of the worst form I've ever seen. Okay, I'll liken it to a golf swing. Right? If you slice Don't you dare, don't you bring up my golf? Swing, I won't. You know? I'll save you. I'll save you. If you slice a golf ball, if, if anybody who knows what a golf swing is supposed to look like, you can diagnose it pretty quickly. Wow, He's coming way over the top of the ball. The club face is shut. It's getting way right. Like no chance. Okay? You could easily diagnose a really bad hook or a really bad slice. This kicker from Mississippi State, who tried to kick that game winning field goal and he like knuckleballed it and it just duck hooked left. He doesn't follow through. He whips his hips way left. He picks his head up. It, it's just, it's, it's like worse than high school form. I don't know if it was mm. because he was nervous, I don't know if it was because the moment got too big for him. I don't know if that's just what he practices, and sometimes he gets lucky and hits a pure football. But there is not a kicker problem at Mississippi State. There is a fundamental problem with the specialist positions at Mississippi State. Hire somebody to help these kids out because it was not good, and it ain't going to get better. You're not going to find some guy who's going to walk onto the football team and just fix what's a fundamental problem. So that that would be my two cents, okay? you got to have some technique to be able to put the ball through the uprights. What am I saying this for? Because I'm going to lay five and a half with Auburn. You like Mississippi State with those points, and you made such a good case, I'm just going to fade you. So there you go. Wow. I'm going to take – This
3: is kind of like your payback for me going against you last week when it came to Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Go Bo Nix. Go Bo Nix. I'm on Auburn laying the five and a half. Aaron says take the points. This will be a close game. I put this game on here because Purdue are the de facto giant killers – in the Big Ten right now, number nineteen Purdue is heading up to Columbus to take on number four Ohio State. This game is at noon on ESPN. Three games at noon, right in your face. Oh, on isn't it is a
3: three thirty game, Drew? Oh,
2: is it really? Yes. Okay, so Purdue Ohio State is three thirty. Yes, That's- it is. Thank you for thank you for correcting me. I have it wrong in the show notes here. I do take notes, people. That is a mistake on my fault. Number 19, Purdue, at number four, Ohio State, 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Not even ESPN, totally wrong there. Ohio State, a 20-and-a-half point favorite. The total here is 62. Keep in mind, Purdue knocked off number two, Iowa, at Iowa. They just beat number three, Michigan State, last week. Now they're taking on number four. Can they just continue to chop the knees out of the Big Ten heavyweights?
3: I, I, I don't think they win this football game, but I will take Purdue 20 with 20 and points. a half.
2: That's a lot of points.
3: That's a lot of points. Plus, I'm bringing out the weather here in this game. There is a chance of snow. Okay. In Columbus, I think it's like a high of 45, lows like in the 20s, 30s. So it's going to be So once
2: that, once that sun goes down, what you're saying? Because, I mean, I like to think I'm pretty good at school uh, or that I was pretty good in school. If it's forty five, I don't think it's going to be snowing. Is no, that correct? But I'm
3: saying that it's it's in the twenties to start the day, so there's chance oh, of being snow early. Okay, it being sloppy makes up the field afterwards when that thing starts to melt and it's just nasty outside. Then it starts to turn to that that just ugly. piece. Yes. I'd rather play in the snow than that rain. That's of like course, the of course. Yeah. So before you start getting on me about not knowing when what the freezing point is in the world, <laughs> I do know that. That's why. Okay, I said
2: that's good. That's good. But,
3: um. I just don't – you know, when I watch Ohio State this year, they don't have that killer mentality. They don't. They like, they don't have that mentality of, hey, we're on top. We're winning this football game, and we're about to put our foot on your throat. Yeah. It just ends you. Like they don't. They just let teams stick around. They just can't do it. So I think Purdue has the confidence. They've taken on their shoulders of being the team in this conference and, and across the country that is not afraid – to go on the road or even afraid to play top five teams like they just don't give a damn yeah so i'm gonna take purdue in this game that's way too many points crappy weather and an ohio state team that just does not have that killer instinct
2: (sighs) all common knowledge would say take the 20 and a half purdue plays really well against top ranked teams they've proven that they can you know take a punch, and swing don't right out, back. Don't outthink yourself. I know, but what I'm saying is, 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 is the sharp play to lay the 20-and-a-half with Ohio State. I think you bring up a fantastic point. The Ohio State of old, like when Justin Fields was the quarterback at Ohio State, you'd turn a game on at noon or at 3.30. You'd blink, and they'd be up 28 nothing. You'd be like, oh, my God, what just happened? They'd get defensive turnovers. They'd score on special teams. They'd throw a bomb and score in two plays on an offensive drive, and the game was out of hand in a blink of an eye. I'm going to lay the 20-and-a-half here. I think that's the sharp play. I think Ohio State Drew's trying to make some three moves touchdowns. I mean, I am. I'm winning in this game. I am.
3: Right now. That's exactly You're, really, what I'm you're doing. really
2: taking some chances. I love it. I do think that's the sharp play, though, because I think the public will be all over Purdue. They just beat the number three team in the nation. They beat number two Iowa a couple weeks ago. They'll be like, 20-and-a-half. I I why crazy. go against a team that's hot, that's playing well? Because the guys in Vegas are a lot smarter than you and I. So we're on opposite sides there again. What? I think we'll probably be on the same side for this next game. Number one, Georgia at Tennessee in Knoxville in Neyland. 3.30, SEC on CBS. Georgia, a 20-point favorite. Total here is 56, Aaron. (sighs) Hendon Hooker, this Tennessee offense, it's exciting. They're having fun. Big-time game, a lot of energy up in Knoxville for this matchup. I, I... I just – I can't see with Tennessee's lack of depth, them really keeping this game closed. I think George is going to go in there and take care of business in a big way.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm pulling up Tennessee's schedule right now just to see what elite, quote-unquote, defenses they've possibly faced this year. And there really isn't any. I mean they're they about to be in it for a rude awakening yeah. when they face what, what this front four and what this front seven looks like. And I do. I trust Georgia's back end. This will be a big challenge for them. I think this is going to answer a lot of questions about how complete is this defense. Because this is going to be the best passing attack they will face this season until the SEC championship game if it's Alabama. Yeah. Um, obviously, if A&M finds a way to get in or Auburn, you know, we've seen that that kind of play out with Auburn. And A&M can't throw the ball at all. So I to, the score of this football game, if I had to put pick a score, it's 42-20. I I do think Tennessee could possibly score, get a touchdown late, a couple field goals, but still at the end of the day, that's Georgia covering. I think they get challenged early, but I just think what happened last week to Tennessee, the legs are going to wear down. End of the second quarter, you'll see Georgia really start to push on them in the third and fourth, eat up the clock. You know the crazy stat last week? Kentucky had the ball for 46 minutes. That's insane. That is insane. And still
2: lost. Yeah.
3: I've never seen a game where you held the ball for – I've never even seen a game that a team held the ball for over 40 minutes, yet 46, and still lost. So I think that is going to eventually just beat up a defense that already has no depth at all. Like I said, I think they can maybe score a touchdown here or there, maybe one late, but Georgia still wins. Like I said, 42-20 is my score, so Georgia covers this thing.
2: Yeah, we're both playing the 20 here. Uh, Here's my question because I believe you just answered it. Georgia's defense has not allowed 14 points in a game yet this season. It's week 11. Aaron, God. will they let up more than 14 points this yes. weekend? Okay, I do.
3: You know what? Honestly, definitively, and, and, and you're I saying hate that. To Say this. Yeah, I hate to say this, but and I want Georgia to cover, but I, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Georgia to be tested for a four quarter game. Yeah.
2: Really I I I, like, uh, I agree with you. I, I 100% they, they agree they with you. Been through it. Like, yeah. You and I know it, it's a muscle. Clemson,
3: long time have ago. To flex. Yes. They haven't been. They haven't had to play four quarters since the first game of the season. Like when you get to the SEC championship game, when you get to the the playoffs. I mean, maybe Georgia rolls. I mean, Georgia is by far the best team in the country. Maybe they just kick everyone's butt. Yeah. And they beat everyone by double digits. I. But maybe not. Maybe it's a it's a four quarter game and Georgia's tied with Alabama or Ohio State or Oklahoma. It's the fourth quarter and there's five minutes. Got to get you gotta dig deep. You got to dig deep, and yeah. they haven't
2: had to do that. You've Got to have that experience. No, so I mean the only the only see,
3: I would not be. I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm just saying for fans out there, yeah, don't be upset like, oh my god, what happened? Why is this a four quarter game? It could be a really good thing for this football in the long way and the long term for the rest of the season. That
2: that is fantastic perspective. Um, I would assume that any Georgia fan would rebuke that with Will Clemson, but that was – we. I mean, that's such a long time ago. Such a long time ago. And the only thing that they have even had to worry about in the fourth quarter since that game is, like, Kentucky trying to score with one second left in the game or right. last week where Mizzou tried to score on the one-yard line for the last three plays of the game. But that – They've had their that feet ain't kicked, kicked up midway, yes. midway through yes. the third quarter of this know.
3: season. They've been on the sideline chilling. Yep. Eating sunflower seeds, yep. getting the backups in, just hanging out. Yeah, it wouldn't be they, the worst. They, thing. they have not been stressed. They've not, they've ha- they've been stressed more in practice than they are in any game they have played this season. One hundred percent,
2: one hundred percent. Aaron and I are both on George minus twenty, but that that is very very true, very very true. So we'll see what happens. Be a fun game to watch, that's for sure. We'll round things out with the seven p.m. ESPN game, number eleven Texas a and in Oxford to play number fifteen Ole Miss. This is the College Game Day game. Texas A&M, a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. You know I love a home dog.
0: Uh Ole Miss
2: catching two-and-a-half at home. I think this is a really good opportunity for Lane Kiffin to kind of save face in a big primetime matchup because he fell flat on it against Alabama in that 330 spot earlier this year. Matt Corral, I know the wide receiving core has been dealing with some injuries Texas A&M's defense is legit. Texas A&M still trying to figure out if they can make it to the SEC championship. This would be a big roadblock for them. Zach Calzada, your favorite quarterback in the SEC. He's been up and down. Only time he was really up was when they beat Alabama. I was going to say, when he's been up
3: one time. That's about, about, been about it. Okay. So I'm, I agree. I'm Ole Miss here, man. I'm I with you. So too.
2: I don't know if yeah. I'm with you because I don't know if you made your pick. I like, not, but... I like the points. I want Ole Miss with the two and a half.
3: Yeah, I think Ole Miss, that offense at home, you know, I know they're a little bit banged up. Uh, I think they're getting a little bit healthier on that side. They had one of their top receivers come back in a limited role last week. He should get some more PT this week. Matt Corral is getting healthier. I think there's a game where you're going to really see his legs do their thing. Uh, and let's not forget, I mean, Auburn last week, they, they drove the ball at times. They missed field goals, they missed opportunities in the red zone. And this is a much better Offense than Auburn, plus they're at home. They only got to deal with the twelfth man nonsense. And Zach Calzada, to me, it was a a one hit wonder versus Alabama. That's it. I mean, I'm sorry, but he played one really good game versus Alabama, and that has been all we've seen. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go based on the film. So Ole Miss wins this, and and pretty much eliminates a And M from from any kind of hope of making the SEC championship game.
2: I'm on the same side, Oh Miss plus two and a half, a home dog, a prime time home dog. This will be a fun game to tune into at 7 p.m. All right, let's get our locks out there, and then I'll let you go get back to the wedding festivities, Mr. Birthday Boy. You picking two? Do you just want one? Are you feeling good? You went 2-0 and on your locks you last week.
3: If you want two, I, I got two. If you want one, if you're a little nervous, I'll go with one.
2: All right. Um, I like – I'm going back to the well here. Utah. Has actually been looking really good. Now, they played Stanford last Friday night. I watched the first quarter of that game. Some of the worst football I've ever seen from Stanford. Ever. Ever. Horrible. Horrible game by Stanford. Utah boat raced them. Utah's quarterback, Cameron Rising. Actually a really, really good QB. Utah, minus 24 against Arizona. I've faded Arizona in the past. Uh, I went two weeks in a row against Arizona. I was 1-1, and so I'm going back. Laying 24 points against Ooh. Arizona. I'm taking Utah as my first lock. Aaron, you go ahead. All right. My first lock is I'm trying
3: to scroll through some of these games to get a good feel exactly which direction I want to go. I, so right now, I know you and I talked about this game earlier in the week, and it was a pick 'em game, but it looks like all of a sudden Michigan is getting one and a half points. Yeah.
2: Correct. Yeah. They are. Yeah.
3: So I'm going to take Penn State with that one and a half. I, I think – I think Penn State at home, you know, their quarterback's healthy, Michigan, hardball, big moments. I know he's your favorite quarterback or coach in these type of football games. I do believe you think Michigan's going to win this one. Yes. I don't trust Michigan. I think right now Penn State is playing great football. We know what home field advantage has been like this season. It's the season of the fan. So give me Penn State at home with that point and a half.
2: All right. I love it. One more for me. And you can take one as well, Mr. Murray, for our two locks. I'm going to a pick'em game. South Carolina is taking on Missouri. Give me South Carolina. These boys are they're fired up. I don't like Mizzou. I don't know if Basilak's going to go. Is he going to go? You'd probably know from SEC Radio. Um, but I like uh, South Carolina. Give me the give me the Gamecocks in the other Columbia. That of course being Mizzou. So South Carolina to win. All right, I'm going to
3: go—you know i got to give you a little Mountain West special here. Yes. Uh, this weekend, Nevada travels to San Diego State to face the Aztecs. Yes. Aztecs, zero offense. I mean, they
2: can't— Best, punter, the right Best, punter, Best punter in the nation. Best punter in the
3: nation. The only good thing about San Diego State right now is their punter. Defense is actually pretty darn good. Wolfpack, offensively, though, is legit. With Carson Strong at quarterback, they're averaging right under thirty-seven points per game. They're catching. It's gonna points. be a great battle, strength for strength. One yeah. of the better defenses in the in the Mountain West versus the premier offense in the Mountain West for the Nevada Wolfpack. I just don't think San Diego State can score. They just they 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 got no juice on that side of the football right now. Uh, you, their last four games, they've scored nineteen points, twenty points, twenty points, seventeen points. Um, you're going against an offense that can score a bunch and nevada is getting three points three points so give me nevada in this one
2: all right a little late night special there in the mountain west brought to you by aaron murray there are his locks penn state plus one and a half and nevada plus three i'm laying 24 with utah and taking south carolina in a pick it's week 11 dude that's crazy thanksgiving like two weeks away mm-hmm. what the hell is going on time slowed down we love college football though be sure to check us out on social media at Punt and Pass, at Drew Butler, at AaronMurray11, puntandpass.com. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Prizepicks.com. Cross sport entries. Win 10X your money. Aaron and I gave you our rundown of their slate this weekend. College basketball is back. NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, golf, NFL, college football. Simply the best. com. Use the promo code Punt. Murray, anything on the way out, bro? Happy birthday.
3: Thank you, man. Thank you, 31. Okay. Um, Good for you. And
2: the year, I tell you, you probably know this better than I
3: do, obviously, with two kids. But the year does fly by when yes, you got a little one. Yes, it does. It just do. flies by. Great year, though. Awesome year. Looking forward to another great one this year. And great show and, and time for me to go back and drink some more. ha, <laughs> ha and party some more. The the party's only begun here tonight on a Wednesday.
2: Yes, sir. Well, have one for me. Tell Miss Sharon I said hello. I miss you guys. And, um, yeah, we will
0: talk to you on Monday. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money
1: 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta Jim Ellis automotive where you can always expect the best spring is here and baseball is back you can't forget the derby I love the hats do you have yours yet my hat I treated myself to a whole outfit if you want to be able to treat yourself then you should check out the nest savings account at lge community credit union where they want you to reach your savings goals faster Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.